Good afternoon. Welcome once again to our Bible study. Today we'll be starting a new chapter in the book of Matthew. We'll be in chapter 25, covering verses 1 through 13. And what you're going to see today is, you get, Jesus is going to be talking to us about the rapture of the church. Right? This is not about the second coming, it's about the rapture of the church. And what He's going to be talking to us about, He's going to give us a parable. And the parable is going to be on the ten virgins. And we're going to see that this story represents Jesus, who is the bridegroom, and the church, believers. We are His bride. And He's coming back for His bride. Right? But you're going to see in the story that in order, when He comes back, in order for Him to take you, in order for, for, for you to be noticed, for your light to shine where it doesn't go out, what you're going to see in this story is that you have to be prepared, right? You're going to find out that there's five virgins who were prepared in this parable. But you're also going to see that there's five virgins who are not prepared, right? So, so this shows us that although many people believe or they call themselves believers, true Christians, you're going to see in this story that Jesus is going to tell in this parable that they're really not. And why is that? Because they're like these five virgins that are unprepared, right? So again, we see that this story represents the church, true believers, and that Jesus is coming back for those true believers. But if you're not really 100% committed to Jesus, if you're not really totally committed to Jesus, totally have faith, totally prepared, then you're going to be left behind like the five virgins in this parable that were unprepared. Right Now another important point that, that I want to make here is, is this. Once again, to understand the story, you must understand the culture of the Jewish people. And I said that when we first started the Gospel of Matthew. I said, in order to understand the Gospels, you need to put yourself from a Jewish perspective. Because Jesus was Jew and He's talking to His disciples who are all what? Jewish. Right? So you have to understand the culture and the background of the Jewish people. Right? And why do I say that? Because in the Jewish culture, right, a bride, when, when, when she got married, she set apart from everybody else. And how is that? Because she carries a lamp. She carries a light. Right? She had that lampstand that was, was fed with oil. And through that oil, that wick, right? That light would be manifested. When, when somebody would light that wick, that light would come on. Why? Because of that oil. And that's important. You're going to see in the lesson today because oil in the lesson today is synonymous with the Holy Spirit. And we'll get to that in a few minutes, right? So, so that light in her hand, right? Revealed to everybody that she was the bride, right? So in this parable, we will see in the story who truly are True believers of Christ, true believers waiting for the bridegroom, right? And we're going to see who's not really true believers. Because those that are not, they're really not prepared. They think they are, but they're not. That's what the parable tells us. And we see in this parable that if you're not prepared and your light is, is not manifesting, so to speak, you will be left behind just like the five virgins that were unprepared they 
were left behind, right? So as we go through this Bible study, keep in mind that you got to put yourself from a Jewish background, from a Jewish perspective to understand this parable. So with that being said, open up your Bibles to Matthew 25. And let's look at verses 1 through 13. Verse 1 says this, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, a cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went with him to the wedding feast or wedding banquet, some of your Bibles might say. But the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So let's go back at verse 1. Let's try to decipher what Jesus is saying here. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bride groom. Now, we know this, that Scripture tells us that no one, right, and we studied this a couple of weeks back, no one in regard to our blessed hope, right, speaking about the rapture of the church here, no one knows the day or the hour, but only the Father as in heaven knows. Jesus doesn't know. The angels don't know. Mary doesn't know. Nobody in heaven knows but only the Father. However, based upon prophecy, right? Based upon what Jesus taught us in Matthew 24, specifically in verses 1 through 15, we can tell if the time is getting closer, if the time is getting nearer, right? And we see that there's an emphasis in this story on the ten virgins. Knowing that the time is near, they must go forth in order to meet this groom, right? And this meeting that we're speaking about is the wedding feast. It's the wedding banquet, right? Something that all of us wants to be invited to. We want to hear those words by Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because if you hear those words, then you're invited to the wedding banquet, right? You're raptured up. You're going to be invited to the wedding banquet. But the number 10 right here talks about 10 virgins. See, the number 10 right here in this Scripture means that which is in its entirety, right? In other words, this parable isn't speaking to the nation of Israel. But instead, it's speaking to the church in its entirety, right? In other words, 10 can mean whole or complete, right? In other words, that which is in its entirety. That's what the word 10 means here, right? 
And you see in the body of the church, the body of believers, right? We have true believers, those 100% committed, their faith is strong, right? They understand prophecy. They have an intimate relationship with Jesus. They talk to Jesus. They pray to Jesus, right? They're 100% committed, just what Jesus wants. But then, but they're also in the church. There's those lukewarm Christians, so to speak, half-hearted committed, not totally committed, right? Think they are prepared. Maybe look religious, maybe act religious, but really don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus. They're married to a religion, right? Or, or it could be they're not totally committed. They totally, their faith is not strong in Christ, right? Because when the world throws something at them, when the devil throws something at them that God allows, right? Because the devil can't do nothing without God giving him permission. The devil has to ask permission to God. Read the book of Job. We know that, right? So when the world and the devil throws something at you, how do you react to that? Do you panic? Are you stressful? Do you worry? Are you in chaos, right? Or are you at peace and rest knowing that God's in control? And knowing that whatever the outcome is, is for your best. That God will take care of you regardless of the situations around you. See, that's true faith. See, And what Jesus is talking about here is the rapture of the church. And we all know that the rapture of the church is going to happen right before the wrath of God. Which means this, that as believers we will go through those birth pains that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 verses 1 through 15. Right? Or 4 to 15 to be exact. Right? Is your faith strong enough to go through that knowing that God is in control? Right? I mean, how did you react to the coronavirus pandemic, so to speak? Were you one that was panicking? Were you one that was stressful? Were you one that was worried? Or were you one that was just sit back and saying, God's in control of all of this? And I know this, that with God on my side, right, nothing can come against me and harm me. Right? And if something does harm me, I know that God's in control of that situation. And I know no matter what happens, I'm in a better place. I'm in a better situation. You see, that's having true faith. And that's the kind of faith that Jesus wants us to have, right? So we see the body of the church, right? We have true believers, but we have also lukewarm Christians. We also have half have hearted commitment people, believers, right? So we need to ask ourselves this question, right? Am I a true believer? Am I truly committed to God, right? Am I truly committed to the Word of having an intimate relationship with His Son, Jesus? Do I know that Jesus is the Messiah and I put all my trust in Jesus, right? So we see here these ten virgins. They take their lamps and they go out to meet the bridegroom. Now understand, the bridegroom here is Jesus. These virgins of the church supposed to be believers. So what we see in this parable, this parable is about a wedding, right? And in Jewish culture, a group, a couple, right? Two people, man and a woman, they're engaged. But in the Jewish culture, when they engage, they can be engaged a year or sometimes two years before the actual wedding takes place. Before the actual wedding feast takes place, right? The actual marriage itself and the feast before it. But the engagement promise 
is just as binding as the marriage vows with this couple. And on the wedding day, the groom, he goes to the bride's house for the ceremony. Then the groom and the bride, along with a great parade, right, a great following, return back to the groom's house where a feast takes place. And sometimes it lasts mostly for a week. See these bride maidens, these ten virgins here, right? They represent the bride, but they're waiting for their groom. They're waiting, you can say, for this parade to happen, right? They're hoping to take part in this wedding banquet, right? But we're going to see this, that in the story, when the groom doesn't show up, when they expected him to, right? Five of them are prepared, but five of them are not because they don't have enough oil with them, right? And by the time they had purchased extra oil, it was too late to join this wedding feast or this wedding banquet, right? Because the Bible tells us, we're going to learn this in a few minutes, that Jesus shut the door on them, right? So when Jesus returns to take His people to heaven, we must be ready. That's what the message is here. See, spiritual preparation can't be bought. Spiritual preparation can't be borrowed at the last minute. See, our relationship with God through His Son Jesus must be of our own. We must remain faithful. We must be willing and ready and waiting patiently for Jesus. Verse 2. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. So we see that five of them are wise, right? Now, this isn't the normal word for wisdom, right? But instead here, Jesus wants us right here. It means thinking diligently, right? In other words, thinking according to facts and using wisdom and knowledge to arrive at a proper understanding of those facts, right? So, so what the Scripture says is that five were thinking. In other words, they were, they were utilizing knowledge. What knowledge, you say? The instructions of Jesus, right? In other words, the Word of God. And it's through the Scriptures that we become wise. It's through the Scriptures that we become more knowledgeable of the Word of God, right? So the Scripture says five of them were wise. But look what also it says. Five of them were foolish. Verse 3. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. So we see that the foolish ones took their lamps. Now this is a good thing, right? Be because this is what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to take their lamps with them. But look what else the Scripture tells us. But they did not take any oil with them. Now, we will see that there will be an emphasis here on oil in this story. Specifically in this passage of Scripture right here. And we know that oil was used, especially in the Old Testament, for anointing. Right? See, many times in the Word of God, when one was anointed with oil, again, especially in the Old Testament, it signified that the Holy Spirit was coming upon that person. Right? So oil, oftentimes in Scripture, we can say, there's a connection between oil and the Holy Spirit. Now, this light that the bride would hold Right? In other words, would this, it, this light would distinguish this bride from everybody else. So everybody knew because she had the lamp that was lit up that 
she was the bride. In other words, she had to be noticed. She had to set herself apart from everybody else. She had to distinguish herself from everybody else, right? And how did she do that with this lamp? By producing light. And what produced that light? Oil. But you see, without oil, there is no light. So we can say for us, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross at Calvary, right? With the new covenant. We can say that this oil in this story is synonymous with today, us, the Holy Spirit. See, when you allow the Holy Spirit into your heart, you invite Yeshua, Jesus, into your heart, right? Then you're allowing the Holy Spirit to rule your life. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to direct you, right? Now, for some of us, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Holy Spirit, if we have the Holy Spirit working in us, then we are a true believer. We have that light that shines. See, Jesus says to His disciples, I want you to be the light of the world. In other words, I want you to go out and have your light shine in this dark world. To tell them about Jesus, right? To tell them about the kingdom of heaven. To be a difference maker in a positive way for people. Right? Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells in a true believer. And that is what's very pleasing to our Father. Right? So someone who has received God's grace by faith, you can say, right? They receive this Holy Spirit. Right? See, a person who has said yes to Jesus Christ, one who believes that He died. And on the third day, He rose again. Right? And right now, He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Talking about the Trinity. The Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Right? One that believes in that as a genuine, true believer in Christ. They have strong faith. Right? So we see that there's five who were wise, but five that were foolish. And why they were foolish? Because they didn't have enough oil to keep their light lit up. Verse 4. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars alone with their lamps. So we see that these five, right, they took their lamps and they took extra oil. And they put that extra oil in jars, right? This was smart. That's why they were wise, right? They were prepared. They want their light to continually be shining for the world so they can be noticed, so they can be set apart from the rest of the world, right? Now, something very important here, right? We have said that no one knows the hour. No one knows the day except the Father. But we might not know the hour. We might not know the day. But we can tell if we're arriving towards the rapture of the church. How? By what Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, verses 1 through 15, right? And that is important, right? Because you see, if you understand prophecy, if you understand the Word of God, the revelation of God, right? Then you're going to be prepared. You're going to understand Scripture. You're going to understand the times. You're going to keep your faith in those dark times. Why am I saying all this? 
what does all of this mean that I'm saying? You see, many people believe, right, that when the rapture of the church happens, it's going to surprise them, right? In other words, and that, and that's okay if they if they believe that in the correct way, because you see, many people believe that they're going to be going about their daily business, right? Their daily routine when suddenly the rapture of the church is going to happen. And they're going to be surprised in their mind because it happened earlier than what they thought. But I'm going to tell you this. this Biblically, that's not correct. That isn't true. It's wrong. Why do I say that? Because look at verse 5. Verse 5 says this. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they became drowsy and fell asleep. So look at that first text right there. It tells us that Jesus is not coming early but rather He's coming later. But He's coming before the wrath of God. Right? It's what He talked about in Matthew 24 in verses 4-15 through 15 or 1-15. through 15. He's talking about all those birth pains that the church is going to have to go through. Wars and rumors of wars and diseases and pestilence and natural disasters. Right? And, and, and believers being persecuted. Right? Suffered, being died. You know what? Dying at the hands of the enemy, at the hands of evilness. Right? Because you're a believer in Christ. All those things that Jesus talked about, we're going to go through. We're not escaping the birth pains. I want you to understand that. So when the rapture of the church happens, it doesn't happen sooner, but rather it happens later. Why do I say that? Because if you look right here in verse 5, the bridegroom was delayed. It was a long time in coming, he says, right? So we see here that the surprise clearly is not early, but rather later. And look what else the Scripture tells us. And they became drowsy and fell asleep. Now this shows us that their sleep is only temporary. Because it's going to be interrupted. And it's going to be interrupted by what, you say? By the coming of Jesus. So the emphasis is not that He comes earlier than we think, but rather that He comes later. But again, He comes before the wrath of God. Right? Verse 6. At midnight... The cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Now, go out to meet him, right? This is talking about true believers. How we're supposed to go out and spread the word. That's, that's that relationship. That's the connection there, right? And this response manifests those who are true believers, right? Because as true believers, we are to spread the word of God. We are to go out and be a positive inspiration and a positive influence for the kingdom of heaven on the rest of the world, right? We are set apart. Why? Because our light shines. What is that light in us today? Yeah, it's not a lamp, but it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the light of the world, right? Jesus illuminates in us as the Holy Ghost when we allow Him into our heart, right? Verse 7, Then all of the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. So we see that they all got up. They all was awoken, so to speak, right? And they trimmed their lamps, which means they were preparing their lamps to manifest the light. They were lighting the lamps. That's what it's saying right here. Why? So they can distinguish themselves from everybody else. See, that light reveals that they are indeed the bride of Christ. The bride of Jesus. And let me ask you this question. Again. How's your light shining? Is your light shining brightly today? Or is your light, right, 
like these five foolish. Might be shining a little bit, but eventually it's going to go out. Right? See, that's a question we need to ask ourselves. How bright is your light shining? How strong is the Holy Spirit in you? Are you surrendering totally to the Holy Spirit? Are you surrendering totally to Jesus? Verse 8. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. So we see here that the foolish ones asked the wise ones for oil. And why is that? Because they forgot to bring extra oil. Right? So this shows us what? That they were not prepared. It shows us that they weren't ready for what they thought they were going to receive. What they were hoping for, right? See, there was no, no evidence that they were a part of the bride because they wasn't prepared. They didn't have enough oil to have their light continue to shine. So these five foolish ones, right, were false candidates for the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of heaven. Of God. That's what Jesus is saying here in this scripture. Verse 9. Look what the other ones say, the, the wise ones. No, they replied. They may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. Right? Now, in this example, we're going to see some spiritual laws from God, right? These laws that God gives us, right? You see, one receives the Holy Spirit by personal faith in the Word of God, right? In the Savior of God. In that Gospel message about Him, right? In other words, what He did in order for us to receive what? Forgiveness, right? In order for us to receive redemption, to receive salvation. In other words, what He did for us on the cross at Calvary. And what He did for us on the cross at Calvary, right? So we can be redeemed, so we can be saved, so we can have a chance in the eternal kingdom of heaven is that that new covenant was developed, right? And that new covenant tells us that we need to have true faith in Jesus. That we must have an intimate personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, right? That Jesus is the only way to the Father. That He is the only way to heaven. John 14, 6 tells us that, right? But you see the Holy Spirit only enters believers who seek Him, right? who ask Him to come into their heart. This is what the law of God is set up for all believers of Jesus for, right? Our Messiah, to invite Him into our hearts, right? Look what else they say in Scripture. They say no, they reply, because, because they won't be enough for both you and for me. They say no. And why is that? What's the message here? The message is this, that Jesus is trying to get us to understand. That every person has to acquire the Holy Spirit based upon the laws of God. Which means what? They have to receive that gospel message themselves. In other words, each person has to do this individually. You have to be upon yourself and set it upon yourself to make a change in your life. You need to repent. You need to ask the Holy Spirit into your heart. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, right? Look what else they say. They say instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Now understand this again. This is just a parable right here, right? And why do I say that? Because there, there's no sellers of the Holy Spirit, right? So, so there aren't sellers of the Holy Spirit. But what he's saying is, 
by means of acquiring it by yourself. That's what he's saying, right? So each person, what he's saying is this, this is the message, that each person has to acquire the Holy Spirit individually. And how do you do that? By embracing the Gospel message, right? You see, the Holy Spirit in this passage is related to oil. See, He will manifest your faith. He will manifest the readiness, right? That you have. Why? Because you allowing Him, the Holy Spirit, to guide you, to lead you, to empower you, right? See, He, he wants to give you a testimony that's going to distinguish yourself from the rest of the world, right? Meaning those that don't have that covenantal relationship with Jesus, right? You need to be that inspiration. You need to be that beacon, that bright light that shines for the rest of this dark world. Amen? Verse 10, But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went with him to the wedding feast. But and the door was shut. So there's a lot going on here. It says right here that while they were on their way to buy oil, so we see that they're trying to go buy oil. They're trying to get more oil so they can light their lamp, right? Which tells some of us right here that we got to constantly be in the Holy Spirit. We got to constantly have the Holy Spirit guide us and lead us. That the Holy Spirit light is constantly bright within us. Why? Because look what the Scripture tells us. Because the bridegroom arrived. So because they wasn't ready, because their light was dimming it wasn't shining brightly because they wasn't prepared because they didn't have strong faith strong trust they missed out on the bridegroom they missed out on the wedding feast but look what else the scripture tells us the virgins who were ready they went with him to the wedding banquet and look what else the bible tells us and the door was shut. Now the word with here means redeemed. Why do I say that? Because when you are redeemed, you are with God. You are with Jesus, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world, right? See, and this is why the redemptive name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Messiah, is Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? Us with God, or some people might know it as God with us, right? So this speaks about our redemptive relationship with God, with Jesus, right? So those wise virgins who were prepared, right? Who were waiting patiently for the bridegroom. When he arrived, look what they did. They all went with him. And notice what else the verse tells us. And the door was shut. You see, there's a small opening, right? See, there's a time, right? And if you're not ready, now I'm speaking about the rapture of the church. If you're not ready, then you're going to miss it. If your light is not shining, if your light, if you're not 100% committed to Jesus, if you don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus, if you don't repent of your sins, right? 
if you don't have true faith and true trust, obedience in our Lord and Savior, then you will miss out on the rapture of the church. You will not be a part of this. You will be like the five foolish virgins who are not prepared. Because look what the Bible says, the door was shut. Now, this represents the same thing that we learn in the story of the flood speaking about Moses. Be, I mean Noah. Because the Bible tells us, right, that Noah didn't close the door of the ark. Who did? God closed the door of the ark. And look here what the scripture says. And the door was shut. See, if you're not ready, if you miss out on the rapture of the church, then that wedding feast, that wedding banquet's door is shut. Right? Now, once again, there's only a certain amount of time to get right with God. And how do you get right with God? It's through His Son, Jesus Christ, right? Because if you're not right with Jesus, you're definitely not going to make the rapture. You're definitely going to miss the rapture of the church. Now, I want you to understand this. Although people's going to be left behind from the rapture, there's still going to be a remnant of both Jew and Gentile that goes through the wrath of God that's going to become believers of Jesus Christ. That's going to have faith in that new covenant that Jesus made for us at Calvary, right? Verse 11. Later, the other ones also came. And they said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. So we see right here when he's talking about later as the other came, these are talking about the other five virgins who weren't prepared. That's what Jesus is talking about here, right? You see, there are people within the church. There are people within the body of believers who say they know and understand Jesus and they know and understand Scriptures, but the Scripture tells us, really, that they really don't know. That they really are false believers. And in the end, God will do with them. He's going to do what? He's going to separate them. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats, so to speak, right? Now again, this is talking about the rapture. And you might be left behind for the rapture, but you can still come to faith in Messiah, Jesus Christ, during the wrath of the Lamb. During the wrath of God, right? But boy, that's tough. But the Scripture tells us they will have a remnant of both Jew and Gentile. And we know for sure about Gentile, there's going to be one-third of the Jewish people that will come to faith in Jesus Christ of Nazareth during the wrath of the Lamb. During the wrath of Jesus, the wrath of God, right? And look what else they say. Lord, Lord, they said, open up the door for us. So they come late. They missed out. But they come and they're crying out. See, they want to get into this wedding banquet, but here's the problem. They weren't ready at the right time. See, and if you don't distinguish yourself, and how do you distinguish yourself? By having a light that illuminates through you and in you. And that light is the Holy Spirit, right? In this case, it's oil for them, right? They had to have enough oil, but they didn't. They didn't have enough. But for us, that oil is the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the third member of the Trinity, right? See, the only, it's only when He enters into our life, into your life, right? And the Scripture tells us, especially in John's Gospel, that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of who? Messiah. 
is the Spirit of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the Scripture also tells us in the Gospel of John that He will not leave us as orphans, right? But instead, He's going to do what? He's going to leave for us an advocate. And that advocate is who? The Holy Spirit. The third member of that Trinity. We need to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our body, into our mind. We need to be totally 100% committed to Jesus. How you do that? By allowing the Holy Spirit to enter. See, the Holy Spirit dwells in each person. But God's not going to force Himself on you. i said this many times before. God is there waiting for you to ask Him to enter into your life. God is waiting. Jesus is waiting. The Spirit is waiting for you, right, to ask Him to manifest that light in you. And my question to you today is, will you ask Him to manifest that light in you? Will you make a 100% commitment right now to have a personal relationship with Jesus, to repent of your sins, to talk to Jesus every day, to repent every day, to start reading more of the Word of God, to start implementing the Word of God in your life, to understand Bible prophecy, right? Because that's so important. Why? Because Jesus tells us that we need to be prepared. And in order for us to have faith and not fear, we must know what's coming, right? We, we have to know what's coming. Verse 12. But He replied, Truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Now why does He say this? Because they really never believed. That's why. They truly never really were committed to Jesus. Right? Now again, all this Bible study today has to deal with the rapture of the church. But I want you to keep this in mind. That people will come to faith in Jesus, right? Before the rapture of the church, but also after the tribulation. Right? Just like the nation of Israel come to faith in Jesus during that seven-year tribulation period, right? Especially during the wrath of God, right? You see, there will be some people, right? Both Jew and Gentile that will come to faith during the seven-year tribulation. More specifically, during the wrath of the Lamb, right? So Jesus tells us something right here. If you don't want to be left behind for the rapture of the church. Jesus tells us in verse 13 what to do. He says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. So He tells us, keep watch. He's talking about what? The prophetic indicators that we study in chapter 24. Right? This is why you need to know Bible prophecy. This is why you need to understand Scripture. Because He said, you do not know the hour of the day. No, we don't know the hour of the day the Bible never gives us an hour of the day. But the Bible does give us signs. They give us prophetic indicators and signs when the rapture of the church is near. So my question to you is this.